0: qualifying candidates running for the state legislature in 2024 will have access to publicly financed campaign contributions designed to amplify small-ish in-district contributions. In addition to leveling the playing field by giving challengers access to more funds, the program is also supposed to encourage candidates to solicit more of these small local contributions from individuals. With the July campaign finance filings from challengers and incumbents now out, we have our first insights into what's actually happening in terms of fundraising in New York. To help us make sense of the latest campaign cash headlines, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Bill Mahoney, a Capitol reporter for Politico, New York. Welcome back to the studio, Bill. Good to be back. So big picture, does the state's public financing system appear, at least for now, more than a year before Election Day, to be having any impact on the effort to raise small-dollar contributions we haven't seen a big jump in the total number of small donors. Um,
1: if you go back and look at, say, 2020, 2022, the election cycle, the, the same point, the first six months of those two-year election cycles, candidates for the 213 legislative seats in both of those years, or those six-month periods, raised about 700,000 small donors. We're now six months into the first election where they're being encouraged to get this money, and they raised 730,000. So it's a small increase. It's not Nothing, but not enough where I'd say this is a drastic change
0: to the system that's clearly happening because of the new rules. Anecdotally, I know I've seen a handful of fundraising emails that reference this matching contribution system in your own coverage or talking to people. Does it seem like lawmakers are emphasizing this in any way, shape, or form, even on an anecdotal level?
1: I've heard that they're looking at ways of definitely, I'm um, participating in this. Um, One of the things I've heard, for example, is that the rules limit these matching funds to small donors who come from your constituents. If you're running for office in Brooklyn, you won't have a donation from somebody who lives in Rochester matched with these public funds because it's trying to encourage you to get more money from your district. And I've heard a couple legislators have actually engaged in swapping donor lists. If one person has a donor who lives two districts away, who happens to be their old college friend who shows up, and the other one has somebody who lives in the other member's district, they have started to engage in these swaps. I'm not sure how widespread this is, but that's happening to some degree where they're focused more on getting the money from the people who actually they represent and they're running to represent. But in terms of big fundraisers, I haven't seen a lot yet. Yeah, there are some of these emails out there, but I don't know how drastic adding those words to an email that they probably would have sent anyways is going to really change the fundraising picture at this point in the game. The big question will probably come later this summer. Typically, there's a cycle of fundraising in albany they're stuck here for the most part from january through june and most of the fundraisers they hold are within walking distance of the Capitol at establishments that are frequented by lobbyists who are the people who will attend these fundraisers that don't attract this 50 100 donations that candidates are looking for now they'll probably give them the four-figure donations which legislators will be more than happy to accept but this fall the summer that's when they tend to do things like have barbecues in their districts where they charge 50 bucks to get your dinner and you can show up and shake hands with your state senator and see a bunch of your neighbors those are the types of events that have attracted small donors in the past and i guess what we'll need to see is if there's more of those this year if some of the candidates who might have had one once every couple years now make this a monthly habit of
0: these small dollar events that they hadn't done before Well, is there reason to believe, especially when it comes to challengers, that as we get closer to the 2024 elections and interest in these races heats up and the activity by the challengers ramps up, that we will probably see um, a greater share of contributions coming in the form of small dollar donations?
1: Well, most challengers got pretty much all their money from small donors as it is. If you are the type of lobbyist or somebody who can afford to write a $5,000 check to a state senator, you're not going to give it to the upstart who's challenging the long-term incumbent you've known for two decades who probably faces better odds of being in Albany next year. Challengers who are successful tend to be the ones who already got this money. And I do think that even if we don't see an immediate and drastic change in fundraising practices, that might be one of the shifts in this system. Where let's say there's a state assembly member who has two hundred thousand dollars to spend on their reelection campaign, a candidate who has relied on small donors to challenge them in the past. If they're collecting these ten, twenty, fifty dollar checks, it's pretty tough to get beyond thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars with that. And no matter what, you're going to be outspent compared to what the, the the long-term incumbent is able to raise just based on their experience and time in Albany. Um, but some of these challengers, if they get that thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 then they might get $100,000 of matching funds, and getting those small donors might be enough to make that race more financially competitive, where the challenger who ran a shoestring operation in the past, who maybe had a couple staff and was able to afford one or two rounds of flyers, maybe they can run some TV or radio ads. Maybe they can do a few more mailings and flyers to their districts and hire a few more staff. That's probably what I think is guaranteed to be the biggest shift. But whether we see that shift in the total number of small donors and the
0: number of candidates we're getting them, we'll have to see still. And can you remind listeners about the amplification of these small dollar donors in the state's public financing system? I mean, how big of a match can you get? Because it's not necessarily a one-to-one match. It can be a greater amplification
1: than that, right? Yeah, it's almost always, for small checks at least, a bigger than a one-to-one match where... Um, If you get $10, it's matched, I think, at a rate of 12 to 1 for legislative races. So that's, you know, you raised $10 in the past. That's suddenly the equivalent of raising $130 now.
0: Let me reintroduce you right here. For listeners just joining us, this is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Bill Mahoney, a Capitol reporter for Politico New York. So the 2024 races are where we're going to see state legislative candidates uh, benefiting from the public financing uh, of campaigns. 2026, though, will get the statewide candidates who are going to be able to realize this same sort of benefit. So right now, Kathy Hochul, she submitted a, a filing for her gubernatorial campaign campaign. How reliant is she on small donors? Does it seem like she's continuing the tradition of Andrew Cuomo, of not necessarily relying on them? What's it look like?
1: She's not even raising as much from small donors as Andrew Cuomo used to, and Andrew Cuomo wasn't exactly famous for his reliance on small donors during his time in Albany. Um, it was about 0.3% of her money came from people who gave $250 or less. She had raised $4.5 million over the past six months. Only 13000 of that came from small donors. So it's definitely not something she's focused on yet. She would have time in theory if she wanted to get more of them before her election, which is a few years away if she chooses to run for another term. But there definitely was not a drastic change. She got a lot more maximum in terms of maximum contributions than she did
0: in small donations. And has her fundraising been impacted at all by lower contribution limits, or does she seem like she, as the incumbent governor, is able to raise money at the same clip uh, as her predecessor? Well, so that was
1: definitely one of the big changes we've seen with campaign finance law in recent years. The contribution limit for giving to a governor was close to $70,000 in some cases. And that was, in the past, historically easy to get around. There was something called the LLC loophole, which I won't get into all the detail on right now. But if you were somebody who owned a bunch of LLCs because you happened to be a real estate developer, every company you owned was allowed to give that $70,000 to a gubernatorial candidate. So in some cases, we'd see one person giving a million dollars to somebody like Andrew Cuomo. All of that's gone and the 70000 limit has been lowered to 18000 which is still more than I think any of us are planning to give to a gubernatorial candidate. More than you can give for president, yeah. But it's you know significantly less. She did get a lot of these $18,000 donations, 158 of them to be exact. But it's a lot less than she would have raised in the past. But she did get enough of them, or her total picture, the $4.5 that I mentioned, that's pretty much in line with what we would have expected somebody like Cuomo to have raised during the same
0: filing period back when the limits were much higher. Well, speaking of the former governor, where do things stand with his campaign war chest, which at one point was having nearly 20 million dollars in it? Well, he's still spending quite a bit of money. I'm um,
1: 6.6 million on lawyers since um, the allegations against him began to come out in full force in the spring of 2021. Um, so he's down to 7.6 million in his campaign war chest, thanks to all this money on lawyers. But there is good news for anybody who wants him to have more. Um, there's a state law that basically says if you're an elected official who spends money to defend yourself against charges tied to your time in state office and you're acquitted of some of those charges, then the state pays you back. So in the case of Andrew Cuomo, at least one of the allegations against him led to some charges in Albany County that led to a couple of brief courtroom appearances and then were tossed and went nowhere. Um, so he's entitled to some of the $6.6 million he spent on lawyers taxpayers will be refunding his campaign committee for this
0: which you know who knows what he will ever use it for but it will be growing thanks to that law do you anticipate that the state will willingly pay that out or will there be some effort by whoever holds the purse strings to try to avoid paying that out in part because of the optics of it They've already tried. Attorney General Tish James actually plays
1: a big role in this process, and she was the one who most directly led to Cuomo's downfall thanks to her report on many of the allegations against Cuomo. Um, And she was not a fan of this, but was forced to eventually acknowledge that he is entitled to some of this money because the state law is as it is. We might see some squabbles over how much of this he's entitled to, Not all of this money has gone to things that he has been acquitted of. There's still the ongoing probes of his book deal, for example, which as of now, who knows how that will land. But the percentage of the money he spent on lawyers for that subject is not subject to reimbursement yet. So I imagine there will be a lot of back and forth about what share of this money the state will pay him. But
0: he will get something in the end. Anything else from the campaign finance filings in July that stood out to you, either as interesting trends or just amusing anecdotes to followers of Planet Albany? Nothing remarkably
1: crazy. We've definitely seen the continuation of what we've seen for a few years, where Democrats who now control both houses of the legislature are comfortably on top of the fundraising battle in both of those. Um, One shift that was notable this year is we did see in some of the blue wave years of 2018, 2020, and to an extent 2022 when some of that energy was still there. There were a lot of candidates who were reporting big numbers early in the election cycle at this point, a year and a half out from election day. There weren't as many of them this year. There were only a few challengers or first-time candidates who were even reported five-figure hauls this time around. So it seems to be a slower start to the fundraising cycle for a lot of these first-time incumbents and not as much early energy to run and raise money as there might have been in the
0: past. And finally, just touching on a story that came out of Sludge with David Moore, who highlighted an issue that you've raised in the past, which is large donations to the housekeeping campaigns for the parties that are in power in New York. He highlighted the fact that hundreds of thousands of donations were flowing in from big corporations like AT&T, DoorDash, people with big interests like the Hospital Association. This is a story that seems to just be perpetually in the news in New York because of our campaign laws, right?
1: Yeah, they've made a lot of changes to the campaign
0: laws in recent years, but this is not something
1: that there's ever been a strong appetite to touch. Um, These committees can receive unlimited donations, as you mentioned. In theory, they can't be spent directly on elections. So you can give a million dollars to the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee, and that can only go to things like paying the rent for their office space and health insurance for their workers and things like that. Party building activities? Yeah, like voter enrollment, things like that, that make the party stronger, but one of the things we've seen in the past, I haven't seen any recent horrific examples of this, but there are examples where let's say there's a special election going on in Watertown. All of a sudden, some of the parties might open their affiliate office in Watertown for the first time, just coincidentally not tied to the special election. Um, So there are ways that it obviously helps them at the ballot box. But in theory, there's a wall between this stuff and things like TV ads. Although there are ways around that, too. If you just wanted to run some ads praising a governor's agenda,
0: we've seen examples in the past of some of this money being spent on purposes like that. Well, we've been speaking with Bill Mahoney. he's a capital reporter for Politico New York. Bill, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you.